This week's podcast brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash WDS to choose from over 85,000 titles for your iPod or MP3 player. Please. Hi, this is Alicia Wynn. Hi, this is Molly Bryant. Hi, this is Christina from Survivor Redemption Island. Hey, this is Lindsay Lowen. Hi, this is Poppy from The Apprentice. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi. And I'm Richie Sambor. Hi, I'm Holly Thornton, creator of Make It or Break It. Hi, this is Joy Nordenstrom. Hi, this is Christina Cha from Survivor One World. Hi, my name is Joe Loren. I play Kaylee Cruz. Hi, this is Brandy, the winner from this season's Apprentice. Hey, what's up? This is Kelly Clarkson. Hi, this is Julie Mann. Hallo, ich bin Nina Rausch und Sie hören sich gerade an. This is Alec Baldwin. Hey, this is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hey, this is Jenny Blatt from Love in the Wild. Hey, this is Chelsea Hobbs, and you're listening to two of my favorite blogger podcast guys um, on What Do Bay Said. Did you hear? 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 What do they say? You get to hear what Duvet has to say. Hello again, everybody. You are listening to the official podcast of the What Duvet Said Cultural Entertainment Digest, found at whatduvetsaid.com. I am your host, Jason Duplissy, coming at you from Duvet Studios Southwest in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man, your host. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> coming to you from, from Duvet Studios Northeast. The Upper West Side of Manhattan. This is I, Bob Duvet. Bob Duvet is, behold, quite the shutterbug these days, right? Oh, oh let me tell you. Who knew? Who knew that there's a market out there for crappy photos? <laughs> Apparently, everybody. You should become like a um, uh, a paparazzi. Well, you know, I've been uh, rubbing uh, elbows with the paparazzi in the pits there, the photo pits. I'm, I'm starting to learn. There's a whole you know, world going on there that I'm starting to learn. Well, uh, for those who don't follow uh, Bob Duvet on the Twitter or on the uh, the Facebook, which you should, like us on Facebook. Uh, send us an email, whatduvetsaid at gmail.com, because your emails mean so much. Follow us on the Twitter, at Bob Duvet. Uh, we're on Rogue2, Stitcher, uh, some other places. Anyway, I'm, uh, I, I, I kind of threw myself into this part of the show without being actually prepared. Give us a phone call at... Ah, 415-937-0445. That number is always live. It's 415-937-0445. Bob Duvet, once he's out there in the uh, New York now, in Duvet Studios. New York City! (laughs) Isn't that amazing how that commercial, everybody knows that commercial, and it's still going around? Yeah, and it's for salsa. You know what I saw the other day? Speaking of things that used to be all over the place and aren't any longer? Tell me. I saw a guy wearing a shirt that said, go climb a rock on the back of it. Go climb a rock. Is that, I know, was that a derogatory um, term for rock climbers? <laughs> or what, what's, the, uh, what's the origin of that? I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, what do they say at gmail.com because your emails need so much. I think it was a souvenir t-shirt that you could purchase at Yosemite for climbing Half Dome. Go climb a rock. Ooh. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, so it's rock specific. Yeah, I think it's a specific rock that they were talking about. And I believe that that, did, that spawned a bunch of other shirts. Like there was one from Hawaii called Go Climb a Volcano and Do This and Do That. Do you remember these shirts, the Go Climb a Rock shirts? 
No, but I smell a shirt. <laughs> our, what's that in our Bob Duvet store? <laughs> right, it? right. Listen, listener, go to the WDS store where you can find a array of of monograms, this and that, coffee cups, uh, back scratchers. Um, I won't say what it just popped into my head. I, I shan't say what just popped into my head. Okay. Um, so don't buy that. But uh, yeah, um, how about a shirt that says "Go Climb Bob"? There you go. Go climb a Bob. There you go. Go, go climb. climb a Bob, listener. We should actually have a swag store. I was up visiting uh, listener Allen in the uh, the Bay Area a couple weekends ago, and he had a a um, a tote. And one other item that was uh, emblazoned with the logo of a podcast that he listens to. You know, and, and, and listener Alan has swag for days. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I mean that in the, the, new, the new way, the use of the word swag. Have you heard this? No. What's the new way? Well, you know, in, in you know, kind of youthful hip-hop culture, swag is like your swagger. Oh, you know what I mean? So you got swag. Jace, I know you have swag. I've seen it. I do. I shimmy and shake. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bob Duvet, t- for those of you yes. who aren't following <laughs> the Twitter and the Facebook I'm not page. following. Bob Duvet is currently not following. <laughs> you don't follow yourself on Twitter? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not following myself in this show so far. I got I to gotta warm up to it. I've been up for so long. I took my car in this morning to the shop with two P's with an E stuck on the end. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they always they always screw you at the at the shop. Right. Every single time. Yeah. Let me tell let me tell you this. I went in and I was like, hey, well, last time I got an oil change, they told me that I needed to get my brakes checked. Uh, so, um, I, instead of going back to the oil change place to get my brakes worked on, I thought I'd come here to the dealer. You guys work on my brakes and Hey, since I'm here, can you give me an oil change? Uh, do you have any coupons for oil changes? Right. And he goes, Oh, you know, yesterday, uh, we were doing it for 1999, but today it's 39.99. Really? So I said, Oh, that's too bad. Guess I'll go to the oil change place then. Don't give me an oil change. Oh, well, you know, we might be able to do it for 29.99. Okay, well, you know what? Call me later and if you can do it for 19.99, great. If not, <laughs> please. I think I think any self-respecting dealer, and I don't care what you're dealing, you should, the first one should always be free. Yeah, I would think so. Bob Duvet. Isn't, isn't that traditional dealing <laughs> philosophy 101? That's the how first you think. always free, yeah, you get, then they become your pusher. Exactly. You get you hooked. I would go down there and get my oil changed all the time if they would just, you know, float me a, float me a little freebie. Right. A little, just a little taste of what the oil could be like. <laughs> I don't know. A I don't care. A little taste of how good your brakes could be. Yeah. A little 1030, a little 1040. <laughs> Come on, man. I need that 1050. <laughs> Their 1050 oil? It's oh, a good I don't question. Know. Like uh, super oil. Okay, go ahead. Talk about me. Let's talk about me. Yeah, let's talk about your viscosity. Bob Duvet, now that he's out in the New York, has suddenly become a, a, a rock and roll photographer for East Village Radio, which is a website, sure. which I don't really understand how that all fits together. It's this weird, synchronous world we live in now where something called East Village Radio can actually be a website with pictures. Well, I can explain it to you, Jace. Yeah, could you? Because I'm really yeah. looking forward to hearing it. Okay. <laughs> well, no, essentially, East Village Radio is a 
internet streaming radio station that they actually um, are on First Avenue and First Street in the East Village, and they occupy like a little short, a little small little storefront, and they are on the street, you know, doing live radio, spinning records, having guests, putting on their shows. And they also, you know, since it's online, they have a website where you go to stream it and whatnot. And so since they have that space out there in the internet, they want to, you know, keep people's eyes glued to their space. So they have, uh, you know, they have advertisers. And then they have people like me that supply visuals or reviews. And, uh, you know, it's just so it's, it's basically the, uh, the web arm of their radio uh, empire. Okay. And how did how did you become their go to photog? Well, that's the funny thing, Jace. Um, you and I have been doing this show for quite some time now. God, what over two years, maybe? Yeah, it seems like we do it forever. But when we only do one every four or five weeks, it doesn't really seem like it's all that much work. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But uh, we we started doing this show, and I think what happened was I was trying to get people to listen to the show, and I. Liked East Village Radio myself personally. I had stumbled across it and was listening to it. So I sent a link to our Twitter um, to them. And the general manager at the station really liked what you and I were doing. In fact, we were talking with him about developing a show um, for East Village Radio. And that may or may not still still be happening. Yep. But he, he just took a shine to us. And uh, as a result, I struck up a friendship with him. And he's been reading some of the... You know, the, the writing I'd done and whatnot. So when I came out here, I hit him up. I said, hey, I'd love to write for East Village Radio. And he said, we'd love to have you. And so I've been going and seeing a ton of shows and getting in for free and photogging around. That's been my the new thing is that uh, he liked the pictures I was taking and posting on Instagram oh, and on uh, Twitter. Yeah. And so that's that's why I was asked to to be a photographer. And I am not a photographer by any stretch of the imagination, but it is fun. I think all you need is five good shots. That's what I'm telling myself. I think everybody can be a photographer nowadays, but you have an eye, Rob. You have an eye for the art. You know, Jace, since we are having this, this frank discussion, you know what it is? I believe, personally, I've seen enough bands, I've seen enough music now that you kind of can anticipate where the shots are going to come from and what a, a nicely framed – I mean I, I was a kid that grew up with like Hit Parader magazine and Circus. Do you remember these? Cream? I remember All these seeing, old rock magazines? Yeah, I remember seeing the covers of them and not actually looking at the magazines. I, I was like cover to cover, reader, subscriber. And so I just kind of try to channel what I liked about those shots. you know. So it's, it, 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 it is kind of natural because I've seen so much music to kind of anticipate where – the, the you know the rock pose is going to come from and what a good light angle would be and last night was probably the pinnacle of my young photog career oh tell dish i got to i got to i got to i went and saw and this is a an idol of mine a child a boyhood idol of mine i went and saw ace freely that's right ace freely of kiss play to a near sold out crowd at the Best Buy Theater, which used to be the Nokia Theater, Jace. I don't know if you know that in Times Square. Mm, I've heard of both of those companies. Yes, so they have a big, uh, a big theater. It was so awesome. And to be in the, the photo pit, like right in front of the stage when Ace came out, I like for the first, 
I guess, you know, a couple of, like stanzas of his song, I forgot why I was there, which was to take pictures. And I was just rocking out. And all the other photographers are looking at me going, what's this guy doing here? <laughs> what, what is he doing enjoying music? Why is he here? Why isn't he taking pictures? Yeah, it was crazy because I've never seen so many people packed in. I've done a few of these things now, and, and, and there's been a lot of room to maneuver. There hasn't been a ton of photographers you know, present. This was mobbed up because apparently the metal world and the hard rock community, everybody's got a blog, and everybody – is you know taking pictures and they get photo passes so it was fun but i had a very nice guy i got to give a shout out to a guy named ken piercingmetal.com he really took me under his wing and uh kind of gave me the politics of the hard rock heavy metal photo pit and even cleared way for me at one point so i could get in there and get some serious money shots of ace in the band nice yeah it was it was fabulous but i literally was a fan first in a photojournalist second at this show because I just am such a huge ace freak and I was like the funny thing is he's throwing pics out to the crowd constantly right? right and so I'm literally like while everybody else is taking pictures I'm like following trajectories of pics trying to like lean into the crowd to steal them from kids and stuff it was terrible I got I got a few looks from parents like going what are you doing jerk off like aren't you here to take pictures it's not like you're at a ball game stealing a baseball. What what kids are into Ace Freely? Is a lot of parents. It seemed like we're bringing their you know teenage children to see you know I guess you know who they were seeing when they were a teenager. You know Ace is a legend, kind of. Yeah, I only know the one Ace Freely song. Back in the New York Groove. Well, yeah. Is is there any other other than the Kiss songs? Did he play Kiss songs or just Ace Freely songs? Oh, he played a ton of Kiss songs, which was great because he had a drummer that had this voice, which is really kind of funny. But it, it wasn't totally distracting. But at first I was like, huh. The drummer had a voice where he could switch easily between Gene and Paul. <laughs> so he had, you know, Gene's like, you know. I wanna rock and roll all night, and then you have Paul Stanley like I wanna rock and roll, right? So you have those two, and right. this guy would effortlessly go in between the two, huh? And playing drums, it was crazy. Huh. And playing drums, it was it was great. So he played a ton of Kiss songs. He, um, I love. I have. You know, I'm a nerd. I have all his solo records, and uh, he also um, has a, a brand new record out. It's really really good. So he's sober now. So. The legend of Ace was that he was just this hopeless drunk and he was, you know, always almost killing himself in car accidents and, you know, other other self-induced acts of debauchery. And uh, now he's clean and sober. And honestly, like he never sounded better. And he was just tossing off lead after lead like like I like, you know, like some people take off their socks. That's how Ace just flips off a, a guitar lead. Huh. I, that's a complicated way to take off your sock. <laughs> but uh, yeah it was great I am still basking in the glow I was like literally walking through Times Square last night with like a stupid grin from ear to ear you know what I can't decide what I find most disturbing about this whole story <laughs> what's that <laughs> I didn't know I thought this was a wholesome story <laughs> well no not about Kiss or you in particular I can't decide if it's more disturbing that you Joe Schmo from <laughs> San Francisco with your uh you know your your unprofessional snapshot camera is getting press exactly <laughs> after a, a month or so in New York is getting press passes to stand in the front and take pictures of the of Ace Freely 
with who knows how many other Joe Schmoes who just have a blog. Like, there's no journalists then. They're just dudes with a blog. Can I just register a domain name for $9.99 that says Cream Rock Dude and then get a press pass and show up and take pictures? You know, it's shocking to me, Jason, that you are having this conversation about this particular. You're drawing this line in the sand, considering what we've managed to accomplish with our little dog and pony show over the last two years. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, that, that that part is that's why I can't decide what's more disturbing, that that is the truth or that it's always been this way and that dudes who take pictures are just dudes. I mean, that's just it. There is no credential. There is no professionalism. It's just like, oh, yeah, go take pictures. It's fully like Jimmy Olsen. Hey, I took this picture. Or who? Or Peter Parker. <laughs> hey, I took this picture of Spider-Man. Yeah, you know, great kid. You go take more pictures. You know, that's exactly what happens. Ugh, there is no professionalism. Well, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm suffering from telephoto uh, lens envy because the people, the dudes that are in the pit taking the pictures, I mean, these guys, a lot of these guys are wearing two cameras. They have super extendo telephoto lens but you know what i've noticed i've gone around to the different blogs and you know the the more established and you know noted blogs music blogs and i look at their pictures and and i look at the guys who are taking pictures with the high quality equipment and the telephoto lenses and all that and i swear to you if you slip in some of my pictures in with theirs you would not be able to point out which one is the professional photographer because it's digital there's no developing so if you pop off you know enough shots you're bound to get a few that are going to look great well okay let's move into jason's insights corner oh finally a segment here's why there is that's why you joe schmo can be as good a photographer as everyone else because exactly because of that digital thing the 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 problem with digital photography which is different than uh analog cameras the way that analog cameras captured uh photography is that analog cameras work like the human eye light comes in it hits the back and then that's how it works and it's it's actually based on the way the human eye works so you need to have a, a, a real sense of science and technical know-how and artistry to be a good photographer with an analog camera. If you're just some yes. dude with a digital camera, who cares if you slap a telephoto lens on it? You're still just capturing it digitally. It's a different process. So that it loses a lot of warmth and it loses a lot of depth and it loses a lot of the shading and whatnot. Really great photos that you saw in Cream magazine back in the day not only have to do with the way that the photographer snaps the picture at the right time, but it has to do with the mm-hmm. way that he, he's aware of where the light is. He's aware of the way the light's entering the camera. And then also, if you're really good at it, you know how to burn out sky and you know how to bring up exposure in the in the um, developing room and all that. This burn and dodge tools that people just have in Photoshop now to make it look like they know what they're doing. So I can totally understand yeah. that you... Just with your camera, of course it's the exact same. Who cares if you can zoom in closer or not? The digital zoom only gives you someone closer. It doesn't actually give you something something else. Oh, no, I, I, I totally agree. But you know what? I The people I've met, and I, I don't want to for a second suggest that the, the photographers that I've been you know shouldering up next to are not good at what they do. They, they, I'm learning a lot by looking at their photos and how they, you know, choose to angle things or what they're taking pictures of. But I've also found in my short time that I've become 
a bit of a trendsetter too because I was seeing uh, David Johansson. Do you remember David Johansson, Buster Poindexter? Oh, yeah. Also New York Dolls. I went and saw him at a small club here. I was covering something for uh, the, the EVR. And everybody – there was so there were more photographers there than there were people to see David Johansson, which was really – funny to me and kind of disturbing because he's he was great but everybody was you know up in front and they were all basically going after the same kind of shot and then it dawned on me that if i went behind the stage because it was just him on a stool and a guitar player sitting on a chair mm-hmm. for his set that i was going to get a great shot because not only would i get him like from behind you know at an angle where you could kind of see the side of his face and all that stuff and the lighting was really cool but i was also getting all the photographers taking pictures of him as well nice which made a much more interesting photo than just everything else and then after i did that i noticed one by one every other photographer start to go back to where i was and and go for the same thing yeah Ah! that's the problem yeah yeah Bob Duvet for you. I should start wearing like all black like a ninja so they can't even see what I do. Yeah, or maybe get some sort of secret agent spy camera that people don't realize you're taking pictures. I'm a secret Asian man. Hey, do we have any guests today? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have guests today. I'm not even going to try to pretend that I have anybody standing next to the green wall today because I don't. Okay. Um, this is just you and I riffing. We're riffing. Listener. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, listener. Thanks for joining in. Oh, and uh, congratulations to our contest winner. I sent out your prize. Ah, <laughs> oh, who's the lucky winner? Uh, listener Susan won a uh, won our prize. Wow, what was the prize again? Stickers. <laughs> it was stickers? <laughs> okay. Uh-uh. What were these stickers of? Uh, I think there was some ladybugs and um, some <laughs> Disney characters. Monogrammed, I hope, with the WDS logo. Yeah, well, this is what I mean. This is why we need to actually create some WDS swag and not just swag meaning swagger. Is get Re- the WDS swag going. We should just get totes with Reba's face on it. And it just says Reba with a big exclamation point after it. There, that that could get into the store exactly. I mean, what do we need? We need just like a you know a, a, a few Indonesian people to make these things. What? It can't be that expensive. No, you can. We, there's just sites on the internet. People just do that. You just set up a, a website, and people buy. Uh, you know, we just need something to put on it. That's the problem. That's our big problem. We don't have any graphic designers. How about this, listener? Why don't you write into us and tell us what you would like to see? What your favorite catchphrases are from the What Duvet Said show that you've enjoyed so much? Yeah, and how you'd like it presented on a on a mouse pad or a. Um, coffee mug that'd be cool how about like a toothbrush you know when you go to the dentist and you get it has their like name and the uh the phone number and the address of the de- maybe we could do a wds toothbrush sure or a uh a oven mitt <laughs> <laughs> an oven mitt exactly <laughs> i think we're on to something okay uh so no guests um as what about any news oh what the hell is this? news Cause everyone loves the news And we learn so much Cause we follow the news I've got a story now And it's for you Hey, I've got a real quick story Okay Yesterday, I could have gotten an oil change for 19 dollars But today I can't 
What are the odds? Oh God! Wow. Okay. So I, I thought I had some news. Where's where'd my news go? Uh, I don't know. Should we play more music while we wait? Yes. More news music as I load it up. Oh, here's one. Ready? Ready. This is this applies to you, sir. Me. Did you know that the rising costs could push California cities to fiscal brink? It says here that some California cities may cease to exist. Well, cease to exist? What happens to them then? They become ghost towns? Ooh, like an episode of uh, Scooby-Doo or... Or Scooby-Doo. Or uh, Brady Bunch? Yeah. <laughs> or Scooby-Doo. <laughs> this town used to be... Bakersfield. <laughs> Actually, well, it's because a lot of cities recently have declared bankruptcy. Yeah. Like Stockton. Stockton. Yeah. Yeah. San Bernardino, close to calling it too, mm. calling it a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No more. Sa- what would you do? What would a world without San Bernardino look like, Jason? Um,. Uh, into Las Vegas, San Bernardino. I don't know. I think um, I think it wouldn't affect me at all. Well, if Azusa went away, then I might be a little heartbroken because that's got everything okay. from well, A to well, Z in the USA. How about this? Let's uh, you and I each choose a city that we would like to see cease to exist. Okay. Go. <laughs> I am going to pick Atherton. Atherton? Really? Atherton's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They've just had it too good for too long. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then I'm going to pick um, Red Bluff for no reason whatsoever. Okay. All right there. Listener, weigh in. We've chosen Atherton and Red Bluff. You choose the city you like them no longer see exist, and we'll put Reba on it. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, we will start creating T-shirts, oven mitts, coffee mugs, and uh, toothbrushes, which say... No more city of your choosing, or whatever it is. I like. I like. The, I thought you said truth brushes. I like <laughs> truth brushes. Did I say that? Oops. Yeah, yeah that's a, that could be that could come in useful. The KGB might have had a truth brush. I, I I worry though about cities going bankrupt and ceasing to exist because then everybody's going to move here to Los Angeles, where and then we're going to go bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know it, it's hard to believe that more people can move or there could be more people. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, it's not hard to believe because population is exponential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's true. We, that's why we need a war or a plague. I'm just saying. Then things will be better. Which would you prefer, Jace, a war or a plague? Um, I think I would prefer a war. What about you, listener? What do they said at gmail.com? Because your emails mean so much. War or plague <laughs> to thin out the population? We're asking the, we're asking the tough questions today. Want to do another news story? Oh, uh, is the fact that uh, San Bernardino may cease to exist a... Uh, yeah, I do find it a bit of a... Because I, 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 just because there's so much money and so much wealth, and it's just you know lining the pockets of the fat cats, um, I can't. I, I just don't understand. I, I really believe that with a good accountant, a lot of these problems would be solved. And there's. I agree too. Let me. Ha- I think what it is 
is people don't want to uh, you know there's all that austerity claim you know going on in uh, in, in Europe these days and uh, you really see how resistant people are to this idea of like giving up anything yeah 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 there's no collective good I think we're collectively good I would agree. We're collectively good, but do you know what I mean? I think there was a there, at least maybe it was a notion that people would sacrifice for the collective good, you know, and 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 you do what's right because it's going to benefit future generations. I think that's pretty much been thrown out the window. I think there's lip service given to it, but I think in practice, nobody wants to give up shit. No, I don't think anyone wants to give up shit. And I think also that all of our technology and uh, what people are going towards is towards leisure. But I also think that uh, the only thing that makes any money these days, kids grown up, look to see where the money is, and it's all in sports or entertainment. There is no mm. money in being a doctor anymore, what with the Obamacare ruining everything. And there's no everything, you know, there's no money and people don't want to learn math because math is hard. So they don't want to be economists. Uh, you know, I think you're right. I think people don't want to do anything that's difficult. No, and they don't want to do any and nobody wants to do anything that they can't afford their iPods and their flat screen TVs. So I don't think there's going to be anybody who wants to do manufacturing jobs, you know. Or the people who, you know, the people who run businesses would rather pay, it, it's less expensive to outsource and pay a, a bunch of Indians to do work than it is to pay American workers. So, what? where's the solution? Yeah, well, there you go. Well, you get, you know, you get what you pay for. Yeah, you get what you pay for. And I don't, you know, I don't want to pay more for my iPhone. Uh, so I would rather it be manufactured cheaply somewhere else than to pay a American worker $12 an hour to manufacture it because then that cost is passed on to me and blah, blah, blah. It's like grapes, you know. Do I want to pay more for grapes to have uh, unionized workers pick them or do I want to pay what I pay for grapes or for non-unionized immigrant workers to pick them? It's like grapes. You heard that. It's just like grapes. <laughs> it is. Everything is just like grapes. So uh, here's another little news story I've come across just now. This is in real time. Okay. I didn't have a, my usual cachet of news stories built up. Can you guess how many women Mick Jagger has slept with? Um, including underage women? I'm guessing it's just including women. Let's just include the the uh, the sex woman women okay. as it's written. I was I, I think of that that Mackenzie Phillips story, which just terrifies me. Um, Why? What was I? Do tell the there Mackenzie Phillips uh, when I think when the the day she turned eighteen or something like that. She tells a story of of Mick Jagger saying like I've waited twelve years for this to happen and like shutting the door behind him and taking Mackenzie Phillips for his own. Wow. That is a little creepy. Yeah. It's a little creepy. It's a lot creepy. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, just take a stab. Take a ballpark figure okay. of how well, many. Okay. Well, what's the what's the, what's the barometer? Are, are we talking Wilt Chamberlain numbers or are we are is it above or below the Wilt Chamberlain line? Remind me what the Wilt Chamberlain line was. 10,000. Oh, well below. Okay. Then I'm going to say 
529. Wow. It's Mick Jagger, dude. <laughs> Come on. Oh, is that is that low? It's a, you lowballed it considerably on that one. Considerably higher than that? Yes. 2,529. No number that is being reported by biographers is close to 4,000. 4,000? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? You know, no, no. Here's why I have a problem with that number. Okay. Honestly, how could you possibly really remember 4,000 people? I don't know if I've... I could remember 4,000 people that I've shook hands with. I mean, at, at that point, it's like, how many people have you shaken hands with, right? Maybe there's like an average. Maybe he figured over the course of, say, 1970 through 1979, uh, there's X amount of days in the year. He was betting, you know, two to three women a day. And then you kind of just extrapolate it out and... Uh, and do the math. Yeah, that would be my guess. That you would think, well, I was on tour from August through the following September. So, and we were had two tour nights, and you know, a couple of birds would come back after the show. I think you're right. I think he would do the math that yeah. way. It lists some famous uh, folk that he is, you know, rumored to have copulated with. Ooh, want to hear? It's quite a quite a light, nice list, a nice cross section. Uh, let me ask you this though: Do are some of them celebrities because they had sex with Mick Jagger? Like, does what's her name Bianca is Bianca Jagger on that list? Because I don't consider her a celebrity. Well, I mean, she was. She was a model. Yeah, but she wasn't. I wouldn't have known her if she wasn't Bianca Jagger. Yeah, I guess so. But I think she was famous as being Bianca something or other prior to being Bianca Jagger. And then, you know, his celebrity usurped hers. Yeah, but if she was famous in England, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sorry. <Blimey! laughs> Sorry, Rogue 2. <laughs> Can someone who, one of our listeners over in the UK tell us who Bianca was? I don't want to look it up on Wikipedia. I think she was like an Argentinian supermodel. Who is Mick Jagger slept with that I have heard of? Carla Bruni. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie? Really? That's that's what it says. His numerous conquests include Carla Bruni, Angelina Jolie, Uma Thurman. Ugh. I love this one. Farrah Fawcett in parentheses very briefly. I'm not quite sure what that means. <laughs> I guess that means he and Angelina went at it for a lot longer than he and Pharaoh went at it. I guess. I guess. Maybe he's just dipping it in. Now, maybe that's – does it count? Like a dip counts? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, a, I don't want to do this. Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> I would use it to inflate my numbers for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Carly Simon. Ah, oh, that's a good catch. Oh, here's an interesting one. Anderson also includes David Bowie among Jagger's past sexual partners. Yeah, that makes sense. I think Calling I, the pair a sexual tag team. I think less of Uma Therma and Angelina Jolie, if that's true then. Because Carly Simon, I can understand, because Carly Simon and Mick Jagger around that time, which I'm assuming is when it was happening, mm -hmm. I think would be about the right choice. But by the time Uma Thurman was of age... Uh, or Angelina Jolie was of age. Mick Jagger was mm -hmm. was an old man, right? 
Well, let's see. Uh, he was probably in his, you know, I'm guessing what, late 40s, early 50s, something like that. So does that mean if I become super famous and I'm yes. in my it does mean that if my late 40s and early 50s, then it's it wouldn't be bad for me to have sex with like Suri Cruz. Um, <laughs> you present an interesting conundrum. <laughs> but that's the same thing, right? Isn't that about the same thing? It's it's about it is about the same thing, I guess. So yes, Suri Cruz would be, uh, you know, in when she's in her early twenties, you would be about Mick Jagger's age, say now ish. No, Suri Cruz is like four or five now, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. So in fifteen years, I wouldn't be Mick Jagger's age now. How old do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> I never asked. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot. And don't do it now. Don't ask. <laughs> yeah, so 4,000. Of course, I love this little ad addendum to the story. It says, but fellow rocker Gene Simmons may have Jagger beat in the betting department. The Kiss basis says he has slept with roughly 4,897 women. Uh, roughly. This was before Excel spreadsheets. I wonder if he was keeping like a, you know, like doing one of those... You'd write down the name and put a little, like, hashtag. Yeah, right. Hey, now, do you and then like remember every girl you – not sex. I mean, obviously, I would think you would remember every girl you have sex because neither you nor I are Mick Jagger or Gene Simmons. Uh, no. But, like, every girl in your whole life that you've maybe heavy petted with or kissed or something like that, does every now and then, like, someone pop in your head and you go, well, yeah, did that happen? Does that ever happen to you? I'm bad with names, so there are definitely occasions like that that would happen where I, for the life of me, cannot remember that person's name. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, and it's probably just because it was like a random encounter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that, you know, just that makes me wonder how Mick Jagger could keep keep those numbers. I'm sure it's like, oh, there was that bird. There was that bird on the double ducky bus, and yeah, there was that bird under the bleaches, and uh, yeah, there was that bird. You know, there are all birds everywhere. Well, you know, Mick Jagger is a very, uh, you know, I'm sure fastidious and uh, you know, a, a mindful lover. <laughs> is there any other news? Oh, no. Let's talk about our shows. We're moving the shows moving along at a nice clip right now. I don't want to derail it with more news. Okay. Uh, up until this very moment, I forgot that such a show called Mafia Wives of Chicago existed, or Mob Wives of Chicago existed, so I didn't watch it. Sorry. That's okay. okay. No worries. I watched it. It's terrible. Okay, it's good. as bad as you think it is. Excellent. But I did watch, and I use the term loosely, Love in the Wild these past two weeks. Um... Did you watch either of them? You know, I did. I watched it. And I and as is my problem with Love and Wild, when I remember to watch it, it's always 15 minutes into it. So I say, oh, that's not so bad. Okay, so I just missed the rehashing of last week. And then I start to watch it, and it's amazing how quickly I begin to do other things. Oh, God, yes. That's exactly what happens to me. You know, like me. all of a sudden I find myself, I'm in my bedroom, I'm like, oh, I should be watching Love and the Wild. We're going to talk about it. And I come into the thing, and then, like, next thing I know, I'm fixing myself, like, you know, something to eat. <laughs> it's like I do everything but sit down and watch the show. Yeah. I had uh, 
during Love in the Wild this week, I arranged all, I rearranged all of the icons on my iPhone, created categories and folders and renamed stuff and dragged them all over the place. That's what I did while Love in the Wild was on this week. <laughs> so, uh, what, do you, what do you have to say about it, though? I mean, it's just the, I cannot think of a show. And, and this is, I, you know, I, I love that Jenny was on the show and she was great and I loved her talking about it. But, the, you know, the stakes cannot be lower. Yeah. I know. Seriously. And I don't care about the adventure. That's that's the main thing. Like the whole first half hour of the show where they go on their quest and try to, you know, solve things, like that is so boring to me. Oh, absolutely. Because it's again, the stakes are so low. I mean, how low? How low can the stakes possibly be? <laughs> right. And then this week at the end of the episode, they said, I'm sorry, you lost, so you have to go home. No, you don't. I'm just kidding. You don't have to go home. What? Ugh. Did you see that happen? What, the discussion about who should go home? No, they did a, the, a, a quiz at the end. They did sort of a newlywed game test at the end. And uh, one of the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I vaguely remember that. <laughs> yes. And then one of the couples came in last, and Jenny McCarthy said, I'm sorry you came in last, so you have to go home. And they went, oh, no. And then she said, just kidding, because two people went home last week. Nobody goes home this week. Uh, okay. That was the big twist, was that there was no twist? Yes, exactly. That was the big twist. No wow. Twist. Yeah, I just feel like this show has um, just really no ambition. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it really is. And th the thing is, is like, you know, again, talking about how low the stakes are, it's it's really just watching good-looking people, um, you know, I, I don't even know. There's not like it's, you're even watching them interact. You're just watching good-looking people, like, be skeeved out by scorpions and stuff. Yeah, and who cares who wins? Do you really care yeah. if any of these people wins over the other one? I'll take that no, as a no. I know. <laughs> I, I really don't. <laughs> you know what I did watch, uh, though, that I really enjoyed what? and I think you should start paying attention to being a fan of I'm, the Make It or Break It? I'm going to. Our, our U.S. women's gymnastics team is awesome. <laughs> I watched the Olympic... Oh, you did, huh? Yeah, I watched the Olympic trials. You know, for a, a couple weeks ago uh, at 8 o'clock every night, NBC was showing the Olympic trials. And I watched the trials for the U.S. Women's Olympic team, and there it, it was like so much better than Make It or Break It because it didn't have the uh, it didn't have all the silly drama <laughs> about when they're not doing gymnastics, but it had all the excitement of actual gymnastics. I know it seems kind of ridiculous for me to say that <laughs> that it was exciting to actually watch sports, um, but one of the girls, and I'm going to call it right now. You're going to hear it right now on the What Do They Said show. You ready, Rob? All right. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited. Michaela Maroney uh, is going to win the gold for vault. Just going to say that right here. Really? Right now. You're handicapping the Olympics. I like that. Handicapping the Olympics. Uh, the girl named Michaela Maroney, she was she was a great story in the uh, trials because during her floor routine, she flipped over and she landed on her back and had a concussion. 
like totally packed it Oof. on her back. And this I was saw that. I think I saw that I was in a, in a uh, restaurant. And they kept showing it on loop. Oh well, what what you might have seen also is the girl who won the gold in the Beijing Olympics. She was doing her uh, parallel bar routine and slipped and fell and landed on her back, which was also pretty major. Um, but Michaela Maroney doing her floor routine flipped and landed on her back, and she was in a concussion. It was pretty gnarly, and it was like this is going to be a career-ending thing for her. And then, like three weeks later, she was she was back up and doing the Olympic trials, and she nailed the vault. And it was rough because she screwed up on the parallel bars, she screwed up on her floor routine, she didn't do so great on the beam, but she is unbelievable on vault. It's like the like everybody was like, oh my god, and she was seventh in the rankings of the of all the team, but they still sent her to the Olympics because she's amazing on vault. So there you go. That's my call. I like it. I, I like the fact that, you know, you make it or break it. It's inspired you to know the names of a, a, a U.S., a current U.S. Olympic gymnast. Oh, I know all of them. Kudos. Yeah. Jordan. Holly Sorensen. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going to. Uh, thanks, Holly Sorensen. Uh, yeah. The, the, the liberal media is going to r- ram a girl named Jordan Weber down your throats. She's supposedly the. Uh, does, she have a, does she have a heartfelt story? Uh, she's, I don't know what her heartfelt story is. I mean, I don't know why they're, they're back in Jordan Weber as the horse for this thing, but, um, uh-huh. uh, she seems to be the one that everyone is, is like the, uh, Kaylee Cruz of the current Olympic team. The one that everybody thinks is, you know, that they want to, the Carrie Strug or the Mary Lou Retton of this year's Olympics team gotcha. is who they're gotcha. pushing to be Jordan Weaver. But there's also a scrappy black girl, just like on Make It or Break It. <laughs> oh! Yeah, Gabrielle something. I don't remember what her last name is. Uh, but she's like, they were they were trying not to pay attention to her in the Olympic trials. They just were like huh. going on and on and on about how great Jordan Weaver was. And this other girl was like in first. <laughs> and she got to be in first. And I was like, whoa, interesting. Anyway, it's exciting. Well, I am uh, I'm looking I I'm actually looking forward to the Olympics. I've got Olympic fever this year. I don't know why. I'm really interested in the Olympics this time around. Good. Good. Very patriotic. That's what I like about you. Yeah, that's Rebus Olympian. <laughs> we should. We can get Michaela Maroney on. That'd be awesome. Let's let's make that our our uh, cause club. We'll 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 go and we'll 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 bag ourselves an Olympian. Okay, I'm in. I'm excited. We'll just decide. Listener, write in and tell us which Olympian you like is the best. Yeah, exactly. And we will interview them. What, I, let's get one of them. I, like, I have noticed that Michael Phelps hasn't been performing very well. And they're attributing it to, like, you know, his work ethic hasn't been as uh, good, which I also attribute to. It's a thinly veiled uh, reference to his smoking pot. Yeah, that he's stoned all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it makes you lethargic. Uh, does it? I've never smoked pot. Like I just picture him like swimming, like you know, doing his laps with a like you know, with a being like uh, coaxed with a bag of Doritos or something by the coach. <laughs> Come on! Come on! You want these? Right? You how bad do you want it? <laughs> do you, are there any Olympic uh, sports that you're actually excited about, or do you just like the Olympics in general? Fencing. 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 It's noble. It's a very noble sport. Okay. It happens so quick, too. (laughs) What about the pentathlon? Ooh, I don't rightly know what's involved in a pentathlon. Does that involve shooting a rifle? It does. Like, I didn't even Uh know the pentathlon was such a thing, but I think it's swimming, swimming, running, 
shooting a rifle, horseback riding, I think is in there too. I think there might be wow. fencing as well. Is that five? Maybe it's not running, but there's fencing and rifle shooting and riding a horse in the pentathlon. I know that might be a real. You got to be a real musketeer in order to be a good pentathlete. <laughs> yeah, so I think I might check out the pentathlon. Um, they should make them do it all in those sort of three musketeer outfits too. Yeah, that would be great. The the one thing that the I always end up seeing uh, uh, diving. Like every time I just sort of randomly turn on the Olympics, diving is on, and diving mm-hmm. is uh, every time I see diving, it's like I don't. I don't know what makes a good dive or not. I think it's uh, you got to have a, a nice straight up and down entry and not a lot of splash. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the devil's in the details as it's with most of these sports. Right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll have full Olympic coverage to come when the uh, what Duve said covers the Olympics. Absolutely. We will. We maybe we can have a, we can have correspondence off in London. Do you think we have a, a budget for that? Uh, sure. Reba? Ask Reba what our budget is for that. Reba, what's our budget? <laughs> hey, uh, what do you got going on this weekend? Ah, uh, okay. So this weekend actually begins for me tonight. I'm covering yet again another music festival, a free festival on Pier 84 here in New York. Oh, Jace, you'll like this. It's right by the Intrepid. Oh, I like that. Which doesn't... Doesn't the Intrepid also now feature a uh, the an actual space shuttle too? Uh, well, I don't think so. I think the space shuttle is coming to Los Angeles. I think New York lost that that. Oh, that okay, okay, yeah. So it's by the Intrepid, which is like a big you know boat, big aircraft carrier or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a, a a bunch of bands playing. So I'm going to cover that and do my photos and write my rights and. Uh, then I think uh, you know try and take it easy a bit. I'm still uh, looking for work. Anybody? Anybody with a job out there for Bob Duvet other than the job that Bob Duvet doesn't get paid for? Um, yeah, that's and, uh, s- Saturday, more music. It's all music all the time. It seems to be the only constant in my life. So that's me. All right. Sounds good. I don't know what I have planned this weekend. I'm, 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 I'm busy. I have a lot of things going on, especially with this theater company that I'm involved with. Yes. Um, so I, that's got me backed up. But that all sort of comes in... Uh, in a flurry, not in a slurry, so don't worry about that. Um, uh, but I might be playing cards with our good friends, uh, Mr. Brasco and the rest of the gang on Saturday night and out in Santa Monica if I, uh, if I am free. Uh, and then on Tuesday, next Tuesday, my sister and uh, her family and then listener Kai and his family uh, oh, are going to be... To Kai. Yes, are going to be down here... Uh, in the Los Angeles area. And, um, oh, that's it. That was the other thing that was might be happening on Saturday is that listener Kai is in town and he might be out. Uh, he and his family might be up in Hollywood at some point, so I might be meeting them. But anyway, on Tuesday, they it turns out that both of them had planned trips to the Disneyland Resort at the same time. So uh, my daughter and I will be heading out to the California Adventure Park to go see them on Tuesday. That's cool. That'll be fun. I wish I can go to California Adventure. You could have in the whole time that you lived in Los Angeles, but now you can go to Coney Island. Yeah, go to Coney Island. Yeah. You know what they get from now at Coney Island to ride the Wonder Wheel or the, the whatever, it's the Colossus, I think? the uh, Cyclone. The Cyclone. Thank you. $8 a ride. $8 to ride the Cyclone? Yeah, that's a lot of money, right? It is a lot of money, but I suppose if you did it once, 
I guess. You kind of have to do it. Don't you have to go to Coney Island and get a Nathan's dog and ride the cyclone? Or actually ride the yeah, cyclone we, and then get a Nathan's we tried, dog? We try to get out at least once once a year. Usually there's a thing called the uh, Village Voice. There's some all-day music festival thing. And that's usually when we go out there. And I think that should be coming up sometime at the end of July or something like that. I don't know. It's always really hot. It's always like in the hundreds. And I always feel like I'm going to get heat stroke. I have never been to Coney Island. It's cool. It, it it's cool. It's uh, it has that perfect mix of like old timey classicness and and and, and uh, shitholiness. Yeah, like the Santa Cruz Boardwalk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I always picture to be. Uh... Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot like that. Exactly. Okay. Uh, here so I have, go. I have one other thing that I need to do that's been slightly distracting me this entire show. Tell me, do my, tell. My uh, my I have a sliding glass door and a screen door on my balcony here. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, which I don't know how it happened, trapped on the inside of my sliding glass door. I mean, on the inside of my screen door, between the inside of the screen door and the outside of the sliding glass door is a B. Oh, really? Yeah, so I don't know how to do that. If I open my glass door, then he's going to be inside the house. But if I don't open the glass door to open the screen door, then he can't get out, or she. So I'm, I'm really, I don't know what to do about this bee. Well, um, what would Buddha do? <laughs> I think I'll be fine. Maybe I'll just go and pick up my car instead, and the bee will just die. <laughs> how about that? Uh, there you go. There you go. All right. I well, it. I know you have a lot to do today, which is why we. Uh, I do. I do. It, it's it's one of those things where I, I wanted to squeeze in the show because our listener deserves it, and I uh, I, I I I am. I feel I feel the t- clock a ticking, Jace. All right. Uh, well, when you have free time, uh, I recommend heading out to NBCOlympics.com or London2012.com. Check out Michaela Maroney, uh, just so you can be on the uh, in the know. About uh, I will what be. You're I'll be about. on board. I'm on board with Maroney. Okay, there you go. And Jordan Weber and Elizabeth, whatever her name is, and Kyla and Ali and all the rest of and the Payson. Uh... Don't forget Payson. Right, and, and Payson. Yeah, Payson. Okay, that's it. Goodbye. That's it. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Thanks. See you next time, listeners. Next time. Can you tell me what the day said? Did you hear what the day said? Can you hear what the day says? Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program. Here's some things we thought you should know. Cows have four stomachs. Fish have gills. When you're in France, the word nice is pronounced nice. If you're good at it, math can be fun. The yellow part of the egg is called the yolk. And the white part of the egg is called the white. Clowns are just men with makeup. The sun rises in the west and sets in the east. No, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess you can't believe everything you hear. <laughs>